Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to be continuing a sermon series, Winning the War in Your Mind, and I'm just going to tell you from the word go that I'm totally ripping off this sermon series from Pastor Craig Groeschel, um, and he wrote a book of the same name, Winning the War in Your Mind, and I think it's fair because he actually provides all of his resources for free online, so it's fair game. It's like they say up at uh, IHOP. Uh, their copyright is the right to copy. And I believe as Christians, that's, as my sister says, they, we just steal all of our stuff from the Word anyway. So uh, there's really nothing new under the sun, right? So you can go there. I will say this as we launch into this. If this is something that is speaking to your heart and resonating with you, and you're like, Pastor Drew, I would like a copy of that book, um, you can go on Amazon, you can buy it, Winning the War in Your Mind, make sure that you're actually ordering the book and maybe not the workbook or the notes or anything like that uh, because there's lots of different things out there, uh, resources they have that go with it. And if you can't afford that, you come to me and I will buy it for you today. Like today, I will stand right here on my phone and I will order it to you and we'll have it shipped to your house. That's how much I believe in what goes on uh, with what Pastor Craig is saying in this book. So what is he saying? He's saying, go to the Word. Go to the Word. And I thought about, should I continue this on a second week or not? Uh, but after the conversations I've had with so many different people in our own congregation over the last week, um, I felt like we should, because some of us maybe weren't able to attend last Sunday. And if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the message um, on the podcast. Any place you can find podcasts, or you can find it on our website, fop.church, um, or this week you experienced life. How many of life happens? Right? And as life happens, maybe you need to hear the word of God again. And here's what I've decided, that the devil gets nothing. And I just decided, you know, some of us, we've made progress in the area of our mind. How I many know our thoughts can be sometimes our greatest enemy? The things that go on right here. And some of us made progress like two steps forward, and then it was like another step or two or three backwards because this is a war this is a war i'm actually going to let, let me call an audible here for half a second if you wouldn't mind go over to second corinthians chapter 10 and this is what it says uh, in verse 4 it says for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy strongholds these are war terms y'all these aren't just little devotionals. Oh, I just need to sit with the Lord this morning. And, and it, it it's sometimes astounds me that we go and we, we buy little devotionals from the Christian bookstore and they have flowers and, you know, trees and all the sweetness of life on them. How many know life is a battle, right? If you buy the women's version, it has the, the flowers and trees. If you have the men's version, it has the swords and the, what I don't understand. Um, it, something that drove me crazy when I was an elementary teacher is you go to the, the teacher supply store, um, everything in the elementary section is aimed at women 
everything's girly. I could never buy anything in that section. And then we wonder why boys are getting left behind in school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you, there's studies saying boys perform worse in elementary school. And then you're like, I wonder why. We aim everything at girls. Um, anyway, that's a whole other message for another time. Um, Romans chapter 12. Verse 2, my message today specifically is called taking back your mind. This is a war, and this morning I've decided to come at the same issue again because I'm not letting the enemy have anything this morning. This morning, if you want freedom, you will find freedom because if you know God, then you will find freedom. If you know God, then you will find freedom, amen? Can you help me with that? If you know God... If you know God, thank you. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world. Some translations say, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But what? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. And, and what it's talking is, how do we know what the will of God is? Through the Word. We know what the will of God is. It's pretty easy. We look at the Word of God. Everything, even in your prayer time, if you feel like God is speaking to you, how, you do, how do you know if what's being spoken to you in that prayer time is actually of God or not? It's pretty simple. Does it line up with the Word of God? And sometimes we have great intentions to live for the Lord, but then we get derailed. How many have ever had that happen? Like, woke up a couple weeks ago, and I was like, Lord, I just, I just want to be a great dad today. I'm just going to be the best dad, most gracious dad ever. So I'll go to wake up my girls. And so it begins. For those of you listening at home, everyone's laughing. Um... Yeah, and they didn't want to wake up. Get out of bed, sweetheart. Get out of bed. I said, get out of bed. Now, we are going to be late for school. Is it just me? Is it just me? It was like I had all the best intentions in the world to be this great and gracious, godly father and here i am screaming at my kids yet again it's tough i remember uh, a few years back we had a student i teach a class it's a project-based learning class I had a student who wanted to make a sensor that you could wear uh, for people who are visually impaired that when you get close to something it beeps and i thought it was a really cool idea right and so they start working on programming it, and they program this thing that whenever, it was like a little wearable, whenever you get with three feet of something, it would go beep, which was annoying, so they had to change it to a, a little like vibrating function because it got really annoying in class. But every time you get within three feet of something, beep, 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 works great. And then they went outside to test it out. And when they walked outside, the thing just started beep, 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 beep. There's nothing around. They came back inside, it stopped beeping. They walked within three feet of something, it beeped. 
Walked away. It stopped beeping. Walked outside where there's nothing around. Beep, beep, beep. This thing wasn't working. This thing wasn't working at all. And, and they came back and we thought about and thought about and thought about until finally something occurred to us. I said, go outside and I want you to aim it up at the sky. So that they walked outside and aimed it up at the sky and the thing beeped like crazy. And I said, what is it seeing right now? It's like, we, it's seeing nothing. So they, in the code they wrote it, if it sees something less than three feet, beep. You, you, know what the, um, you know what the number for nothing is? Zero. And guess what the programming think is less than three feet? Zero. So it was programmed to beep when it saw nothing, which is a problem if you're a visually impaired person is beeping. So they had to reprogram in this thing to only beep from one inch to three feet, right? And that fixed the whole issue. But the programming seemed right, but then it was giving the wrong results. And sometimes we want to do the same thing over and over and over again, and we must insist that I'm doing it the right way. It should work because it's programmed the right way, and yet no matter how many times we take it out and try it, it never works. And we talked about this last week. We get in a, in a pathway of thinking. And over time, we get stuck in that pathway of thinking. And it turns out, uh, science tells us that the more that we think a certain direction, these neural pathways get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's why it's hard to break certain habits and addictions. Some of them are just neural pathways that have been strengthened in your mind. The same way if you were to look out through a yard and, and you could see where someone's walked over and over and over again. We talked about it last week, like these boys riding their four-wheelers through the forest. Like when they ride a lot, there's no need to maintain the paths because they're riding them all the time. But if they take a few months off and don't ride, those paths begin to grow up again. And the same thing actually happens in our brains. That's the way God has made our brains. The more we think a thought, the easier it gets to think. The more we think a thought, the easier it gets to think. We said it like this last week. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so here's my questions for you this morning. What are you thinking about? I'll say it like this, though. What lie are you believing? And I'll say it like this, then. If we're talking about your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, Instead of what lie are you believing, what lie are you rehearsing in your head? And you know you do this, right? We've talked about this before. You ever have an argument with someone who's not even there? It definitely is practice, right? Your, your spouse, they're not even home yet, and you find... Whatever it is that they've done wrong, I told them not to do this. Oh, and then you just start, I'm going to say this, and then they'll say that, and then I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say that, and then I'm going to let them know that. And then when they walk in the door, they have no clue. 
You've been, you've been fighting with a version of them that doesn't even exist. We were what lie are we rehearsing? But we don't just do this with other people in arguments. We do this about things in ourselves. Like, well, it's just the way I grew up, so I'm always going to be this way. Or I've always struggled with this thing. There'll never be freedom in this area. Or I just, I just always look at porn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail. I might as well go ahead and give in. Or I'm just ugly. I'm just ugly. Nobody likes the way I look anyway. Like all these different lies that we rehearse over and over and over again in our minds. And as we just read in 2 Corinthians, it tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. And, and this is, for those of you who don't know, when we say of the flesh, we're talking about like worldly. They're not tangible things you can get a hold of. We're in a battle, but the way we fight isn't with things that you can grab a hold of. But they have divine power to destroy strongholds. And here's my question then, what is your stronghold? And this is something we talked about last week. What comes into your mind when I say stronghold? It's these lies that you believe over and over again. And and as I was talking to a few of our, our younger guys, I they didn't know what a stronghold was. This would be like a stronghold. This is probably a little fancier than the ones in, in Jesus' day. Uh, maybe not. I don't know when this one is. But these strongholds were these fortresses built up in high places. Now, there's places in Psalms where it talks about the Lord being our stronghold. That's a good thing. But it also, in this verse right here in 2 Corinthians, it's talking about these patterns of thinking that we get into that the enemy uses to build a stronghold and he lives in. And he's living in strongholds. And what the scripture is telling us is that we have weapons to tear down these strongholds, to destroy them. Guys, this is not passive language, to destroy a stronghold. If I'm looking at that, I'm not gonna destroy it by saying, I just wish you were gone. If I just come to church on Sunday mornings, I bet it'll go away. It says we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. I would say like this, what comes into your mind comes out of your life. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. And these struggles, they... Can I tell you, they don't just grow up overnight. Um, my dad, he gave this example. This has been years ago. I, John, I don't even know if he's not here right now, is he? He's somewhere. He gave this example years ago when this building was just a shell. Like there were no walls, no drywall, no stage, no nothing. And my dad gave this example. Um, there was some, some lumber sitting over against the wall. And my dad said, imagine there was just one board laying over here. And he said, hey, John, will you grab that and just throw it outside? Now, how many know that's a pretty easy task? Right? In my mind, that's taking a thought captive. Like, hey, it's just one board. Let's get that out of here so we have more room. Right? 
But then imagine it's an entire stack of lumber. Now that's a little bit more of a chore to get out of here then. Then imagine, let's take that entire stack and actually build it into something. Now what are you going to have to do to get rid of it? You're going to have to hire a bulldozer to come and just plow the thing over. And that's what happens when we, when we let ourselves believe a lie to, to rest in a negative thought, something that contradicts the word of God, we just pick up another board and another board and another board. Or if we're using the stronghold as an example, we set it on another brick and another brick and another brick and another brick until over time, the stronghold has developed in our life that's nothing but lies. And we have to tear it down. And I, I, I can tell you, when I was going through this process of breaking down some lies that I had started to believe in my own life about nine months ago, I, I, I'm a very visual person. I mean, I would go out and walk and pray and confess the word of God, and I would visualize these towers, these strongholds being torn down as I, in fact, there might have been a few times where I was physically like ripping stuff down while I prayed, and I probably looked like a crazy man, but I got freedom, so I don't care. Um, we have to train our mind. The same way you have to train your body, you have to train your mind. Right? And training your body isn't pleasant at first. How many of you have ever been like, you know what? It's time. Today's the day I'm going to start working out. Right? And you go out and you watch the video of the workout or you go to the gym or whatever it is you do. You go for the run, whatever. And you're like, I did it. Yeah, I feel good. And then you wake up the next day. And how do you feel? I don't think I want to do this anymore. It hurts. You step out of bed. Oh, oh. And the older you get. The harder it is, right? Oh, oh, it hurts. I didn't know. I did this body parts I didn't even know I had. Some muscle there. It hurts. And can I tell you, as you begin to retrain your brain, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's painful. But this is what Paul said. He said, I die daily. Dying to yourself is hard and it's painful. And you have to take up your cross every day and follow Jesus you have to take up your cross every day and you have to take those, thought cap those thoughts captive every day. And there's freedom in that. In Philippians chapter 4, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to spend just a little bit of time here. I feel like I preach out of Philippians 4 a lot. and I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going to read out of a couple different translations. First, out of the New Living Translation, it says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In the ESV, it says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. When it says think about these things, that word in the Greek isn't just like kind of just think about it. 
Think the, it's not think about it as in when your kid comes to you and says, hey, can I stay the night at my best buddy's house? And you're like, oh, I'll think about it. We all know what that means, right? That's code for what? No, I'm not going to think about it, right? I'm not going to think about it at all. It's not that kind of think about. This word think about is, is like give an account of. To think on, like to intentionally, you could almost say meditate on or give an account, like a list. Like if you're going through a list and thinking about each part of the list on the account, to meditate on these things. In the English, the word meditate, I know sometimes when we think of meditate, we think of like, um, I don't know, Eastern mysticism, oh, that kind of stuff. But did you know it's biblical to meditate, to meditate on the word? In Psalms 119, verse 15, it says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. In Psalms 143, it says, I meditate on all your works, just talking to the Lord, and consider what your hands have done. To meditate, it means to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. And so when I'm thinking about these things, I'm meditating on things that are what? Things that are true. I'm meditating on things that are honorable, things that are just and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And I'm putting my mind there over and over again. And I know last week some of you found some freedom right here. And as you went through the week, I I. I dare to say that the enemy came against you in those same areas of thought where you just found freedom last Sunday. Can I tell you what you have to do? You have to go over it again. And you say, no, I'm not going to think that direction anymore. I'm thinking this direction now. I'm changing the way I think. And here's my question to you is what stronghold is holding you back? Last week, I had you write it down. And if you weren't here, I would ask you to do this now. Open up the notes section of your phone and write down the stronghold that's holding you back. What lie that you're believing is holding you back? What is the thing that continually lodges itself in place in your mind that you struggle with over and over again? We said it like this last week. You cannot defeat what you do not define. What is holding you back? What wrong mindset is holding you hostage? Some of you are being held hostage by your own thoughts. Is it, I'll never get out of debt. What does that cause you to do if you believe that? Then you just start Spending money frivolously all the time. I'm never going to get out of debt anyway. Well, I always struggle with my health. So it doesn't matter what I do here. I'll never have a meaningful job. I can't overcome this addiction. I'll never feel close to God. Guys, I've, I've dealt with that one. God, I don't feel you. I'll never feel close to you again. identify the stronghold but we don't stop there how many know that's the bad news how many know the truth is the good news you identify the lie 
And then you ask this, what truth demolishes the stronghold? What truth is a stinking wrecking ball to the stronghold that's holding you back in your life? And by practicing these things, we create these new neural pathways, new pathways, good pathways that we can walk in. When I, when I have a thought, go with me over to Matthew 4. Let's do that. Can I tell you, just because you have a thought, that doesn't mean you've actually sinned. Just because you've been tempted, it doesn't mean you've actually sinned. Look at Matthew chapter 4. It says in Matthew chapter 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I love this because it says he was led by the Spirit into a desolate place where he would get tempted by the devil. Some of you think, I'm in the wrong place because I keep getting tempted. It might be the right place for you to be. I'd say there's only, there's only one time in Scripture where you should run away from temptation, and that's the Scripture says sexual temptation. It says flee, run away. Everything else, no. It says after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, which why wouldn't you be? And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You're hungry, Command these stones to loaves of bread. And this is what Jesus did. He said, it is written. Underline that in your Bible. It is written. What is he doing? He's going to the word of God. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what happens is this happens again and again. Where the enemy comes at Jesus and Jesus returns with the word of God. What happens so often is these thoughts come into our lives, and then these thoughts become imaginations. Now, a thought itself isn't a sin. It's when the thought turns into an imagination, that's when we started sinning. A thought, wow, she's real pretty. That's not a sin. But when you let your mind start imagining stuff with that young woman, now you've entered into sin. Just the thought, I should steal a little bit of that. No one would know. Oh, no, that's, that's not the sin. The sin is, okay, how could I get away with it? How could I steal that and no one know? You haven't even taken it yet and you've already entered into sin. And what you've done is you created imagination. So some translations of that 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about, instead of saying uh, lofty opinions, things like that, it actually says vain imaginations. Those are the things we're trying to destroy and kill. So the thought becomes a vain imagination. 
And now we're already living there. We haven't even done it yet, but we're already living there because we're rehearsing it in our mind. That's that mental pathway that we're traveling down over and over again. And then when the opportunity presents itself, what do we do? We act out the imagination that's gone on in our head over and over and over again. Now, y'all, if that is true of sin, did you know it's also true of righteousness? It's also true of righteousness. When that thought comes, say, you know, you could get away with that. You could do that. That temptation comes. You confront it with truth. And you have a different imagination, a righteous imagination. And then when the opportunity presents itself, you act out the righteous imagination you had. Tearing down strongholds. Uh, Worship team, can you join me? I want to give you some homework, and I want you to actually do this this week. Because I believe with all my heart that the Lord wants to set you free from your way of thinking. Remember, this is a war. Y'all, I know we're sitting in an air-conditioned room in comfortable padded seats on a Sunday morning. We're in a war. There are people who are lost in our community that don't know Christ. And we need to be a people who are walking in the ways of the word so we can bear fruit so they can come to Christ. And so much of our time, we're so busy just trying to get ourselves together that, man, I can't even think about telling someone about Jesus because I'm falling apart half the time. You can walk in victory. You don't have to be just barely making it in your Christian walk anymore. This is something that I've practiced. Identifying lies in my life and then identifying the truth that destroys the stronghold. Put it back up there. You know what I write down? I write down the truth. I go, I search the scriptures. Okay, I I have fear. What does the word say about that? And then I take that and I write a life declaration. I know I've talked about this three weeks in a row now, but I'm telling you, it's where I found hope and life and truth. I write it down and then I look at it and I think about it. And as I think about it, when situations come up, I confess it with my mouth. The scripture tells us the power of life and death is where? In the tongue, right? So confessing the truth in real time is powerful. So I, I write it, and then I think it, and then I confess it. You know what happens after a while? I start to believe it. So I, I write it, I think it, I confess it, and then I believe it. I write it, I think it, I confess it, until I believe it. Can I tell you, it's been a while since I've, I've gone through some of these, but I have so many life declarations over my life. Like there's a list, 
And each one has to do with an area where I've been attacked in my thoughts. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I have a few life direct declarations. My life direct declarations are this. I am a man of God. My identity is in Christ alone. The Lord is my helper. I will only fear him. My life is defined by integrity, purity, and faithfulness. I will train my children to follow Christ. I will love people intentionally. I will listen carefully, and I will look for the Lord in the moment that I'm in. I am a disciple who makes disciples. I am a leader who develops leaders. I walk by the word of God and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. These are my life declarations. And they took me a long time to come up with all of those. And guess what? They're not done. That's not the finished list. But even this morning as I'm saying it to you guys, I'm just feeling a little taller. Like I feel a little more confident because every single one of those life declarations that I just gave you are based in scripture. They're based in the word of God. If you were to look at my list, yeah, it has the declaration, but it has these litany of scriptures that come after it. And as I do that, my mind begins to change. See, some of you weren't there on the day where I started questioning whether I was a man of God or not. When my whole world got wrecked and torn apart. And I had men and women of God sit there on that porch and say, no, you are a man of God. And I spent the next several months reminding myself, you are a man of God. You are a man of God. And when I didn't feel like it, I had to tell myself, no, you are a man of God. And that's what we talked about this morning, Pastor Steve, right? It doesn't matter what you feel like. Our men's prayer this morning, was exactly what came up is, you know, I'm not sure, I, I, I feel this or that. And, and it doesn't matter how you feel, it matters what the truth says. And you have to confess it, you have to write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. And can I tell you, the day is coming where you will believe it. It is the Word of God. Will you stand with me this morning? And I, can I get some men and women of God to come join me up in the front? Maybe you're saying, Pastor Drew, I'll, I'll come help you pray this morning, but I'm not even sure that I'm all the way good yet. It's okay. I don't care how you feel. The Word of God's going to transform lives this morning. We're going to worship with this song, Prophesy Your Promise. You know what this song is about? prophesying his promise you know where his promise is it's this word when we're singing prophesy your promise all we're saying is i'm going to declare this word and this morning if you're saying you know what i've had a war going on right here and i need victory what i'm saying this morning is come down and let these men and women of god pray with you that you can have freedom here's what the scripture says who the sun sets free is free indeed. And here's what I know. If you know God, then you will find freedom. And that's all this word is. This whole word is knowing God. Will you come this morning? Let's worship this morning.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.